had two hours to prepare for this homily. <laughs> I don't know what you're going to get. But there's three words that stand out. Pentecost, a sieve, and pottery. Those are the three words that stand out from our readings today. First of all, I want to talk about Pentecost. Pe Pentecost is the first confirmation. It's the, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. It was our second reading we just heard about today. Where, I want to give you a bit of background. So, remember that Jesus calls 12 apostles, and there's a number of other disciples as well. When they hear that Jesus is going to die, they're freaked out. Peter even tries to prevent Jesus from getting arrested to the point that he cuts off one of the guy's ears, one of the soldier's ears. That's how much they did not want Jesus to die. Jesus, of course, told Peter to put his, his sword away. He ended up, up getting arrested, went off, was killed, crucified. The apostles all scattered, with the exception of John. John comes back and he stands at the foot of the cross as Jesus is being crucified. Jesus is then laid in the tomb. He rises Easter Day. The apostles are still freaked out, with, with the exception of one. He's probably still freaked out, but he, he goes off. Thomas leaves, and he just goes back to his normal day work. The other apostles are there in the upper room on Easter Sunday. Jesus appears to them, and the first thing out of Jesus' mouth is, Receive the Holy Spirit. Receive the Holy Spirit, he says. And he breathes on them. We jump ahead now. For the next 40 days, the apostles, they're seeing Jesus. They're, they're Christians. They, they know who he is. But they're not at all evangelizing. They're not at all going on talking about Jesus. They're just in their own little circles talking about Jesus. But not, not outside that. Jesus ascends into heaven. For 10 days, still the apostles do nothing. The disciples do nothing. But after 10 days, from the time when Jesus ascended into heaven, the Feast of Pentecost took place, or I should say the anniversary of Pentecost. It was the feast day that celebrated the gathering in of the grain. The feast that the, Jewish, the Jews had to gather in all the grain, and they would celebrate at the great gift that God had just given to them. On that feast day, the Holy Spirit came upon the apostles, upon all the disciples. What's the next thing that happened? This fear within them to go out and live as Christians disappeared. They went out and they were bold. They knew that if they went out and they preached Jesus, they would get arrested. They knew that. But they went out, they talked about Jesus. And as they're speaking, all these people who are coming from all across the known world at the time, even from Rome, I don't forget how many thousands of miles it is from Rome, they traveled on foot for the, feast of, for the Feast of Pentecost in Jerusalem, and they hear the apostles speaking Latin. They hear the apostles speaking Hebrew. They hear the apostles speaking the language of Cyrene. They hear the apostles speaking the, the language of Mesopotamia. They, they hear the apostles speaking about Jesus in their own language. It's crazy! Next chapter, guess what happens? They're arrested. <laughs> they're arrested. They, they, they're brought in. They're questioned. They're told not to speak about Jesus. They're let go. They go out to speak about Jesus again. Another day, they're brought in, they're told, 
Why, why are you speaking about Jesus? We command you not to do this. And then they said, I love Peter's response, he said, should we follow God's commandments or should we follow yours? What you tell us to do isn't going to matter. We're still going to proclaim Jesus. They're arrested for, I don't know how long they were in jail. Now let me tell you about the end of their lives. I don't want you to get afraid when I say this. Because today you're being given the gift of the Holy Spirit for the strength if this should ever happen to you. It likely won't, but it could. Peter was crucified upside down. He wasn't afraid of dying because he knew there's heaven. Paul, his head got cut off. A number of the other apostles' heads got cut off. Bartholomew, also called Nathaniel, he was skinned alive. Thomas traveled all the way to India, and he started the church there. I'm guessing Father Darnes probably talked about it at some point, about St. Thomas evangelizing the people of India. Thanks to St. Thanks, thanks to Thomas, you guys were able to have Father Darnes for nine years and have the Mass, the sacraments. But thanks to one of the apostles who wasn't afraid of traveling and talking about Jesus. He could do it because of the power of the Holy Spirit. That same Holy Spirit is going to be given to you guys today. Okay? The next thing, a sieve. I don't know if you guys know what a sieve is. This is what the, how the first reading opened up. When a sieve is shaken, the husks appear. For those of you who are farmers, one of the parts in the combine is called a sieve. But the part that shakes the wheat out and the husks from the wheat, that's called a sieve. It means literally a sifter. It says, when a sieve is shaken, the husks appear. So do one's faults when one speaks. So do one's faults when one speaks. You guys are Christians. You were baptized, I think, all as little babies. Is that correct? We're all baptized as little children. You made your first confession and the first Holy Communion, and today you're going to be confirmed. How you speak tells what's going on within your heart. What comes out of your mouth tells everyone who's listening to you what's going on within your heart. Simply put, you're Christians. So really be attentive to what you speak. Be attentive to what you say. People are listening to you. To really live the great power of the Holy Spirit, let Him come forth from your heart and speak the words of a Christian. Very important. Now I'm going to jump to pottery. Yesterday morning, I was making breakfast. I had a patty of meat in one pan on the stove. I had my eggs in another pan. I had my toast in the toaster. And I'm just waiting for breakfast to get done. And I realized, well actually, that I, as I'm waiting for breakfast to get done, I went into the can to take out a plate to put the food in. The plate that I, that I took out, it was, it's a piece of pottery. It's, it's real thick. 
And as I took it out out of the cabinet, I noticed it was cold. It was cold outside. I noticed the the plate was cold, and I'm thinking, you know what? When I put my food into this plate, it's going to cool the food real real fast. I got time for breakfast to get done. Why don't I warm up the plate first? So I took the plate, and I put it in the microwave. I put it in the microwave and set it to one minute. It's a piece of pottery, keep in mind. Buzzer goes off. I pull it out. It was cool to the touch, but when I looked at the plate, there were all these fine cracks around. I, I never knew they were there. In fact, when the plate cooled completely, the cracks disappeared. I've never seen something like that before. This is what the second line of the first read says. As the test of what the potter molds is in the furnace, meaning when the pottery is put to heat, it will show the imperfections of what's happening within the pottery. And then, then the writer continues. So in tribulation is the test of the just. So in tribulation is the test of the just. The six of you have very good lives. You've been blessed with good families. You've been blessed with good friends, with with great cousins. You've, you've been really blessed. You have a place to live. You have a place to. You're you're well fed. You're able to go to school. You're able to learn. You were taught how to talk. Great blessings. Life's good. But one day you guys are going to graduate from high school. You're going to go out into the world. Tribulation is going to take place then. Already now it has in high school. But especially when you leave home. That's the real test whether you're going to be Catholic or not. That's the test that's going to show what's going on within your heart. So I, I beg you at this Mass, as I've been saying to you even earlier, I beg you when, you're, when you come forward to be confirmed, beg Jesus to pour the Holy Spirit upon you like he did the Apostles. Beg him. Beg him with all your heart. He's going to give it. He's going to give you the strength to live your whole life as a Catholic Christian. Sometimes this happens, and I, I, I think it happens in even other denominations, particularly Lutherans, Episcopalians, Methodists, anyone that has confirmation. Um, though it's, it's only valid within the Orthodox Church as well as the Catholic Church. But what ends up happening is confirmation is looked upon as graduation, like Catholic retirement. <laughs> I'm confirmed and now I can retire as a Catholic. No, I did all the work. I don't want you guys to think that in any way. It's actually the beginning. When you think about our first or second reading today, the Feast of Pentecost, that's only the beginning of the church. It's not the end. It's the beginning. So today is not when you stop being Catholic. Today is really the completion of when you first began to be Catholic at baptism. 
It's the completion of that grace given to you so that you might be more fully alive, more fully Christian. So beg the Holy Spirit that what you speak is truly godly. And beg the Holy Spirit that you may stand the test of tribulation. One final point to all of you who are here. Family and friends. It's an exciting day for these guys. It's a really exciting time. Really, so I want to thank all of you for, for joining them. But I also want to I also want you to do the same thing I just told them. For all of you who are confirmed, all of you who claim to be Christians, to be Catholics, I really mean it to live it out. It's really amazing what Jesus wants to do in your heart. If you're afraid of coming to him, that's not a Jesus. Because Jesus wants to console you. Jesus wants to, to fill your heart with peace, with joy, with strength to fight the battle of the weak. So never be afraid to come to Mass. It's the Mass which nourishes the grace given to us in baptism and in confirmation. So if anybody has been away for some time, family and friends, I want to welcome you back. It's a great day for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit.